Chill Sounds and Breakdowns podcast. I have a really nice one today. I'm actually really excited about this one. Uh, I'm excited a lot for a lot of these, but this one especially because I actually am a very big fan of this man and a very big fan of the stuff he's doing. And I can prove that because I'm always eating it. And some of y'all ate it at the festival. So uh, today I have Jesus from Kintaro, man. What's going yeah, on? Not too much, man. Just chilling, enjoying the weather. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it got gloomy today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, it's still nice. Actually, today's the perfect weather for, I think, for ramen. For ramen, know? absolutely. I was yeah. going to get here a little earlier and try to sneak some in, but I was like, no, I'll wait till after Til dinner. After, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to you're, you're over here. Oh, all the spice <laughs> exactly. already hit you. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I want to I wanna get to, to know a little bit about your journey, man. Like how, because Kintaro, I know you've, you know, through Daniel, I've kind of known your, a bit of your work and stuff, but I know you've been, you know, at cooking for a, quite a while and you've kind of gone through a journey to learn that I mean kind of where did it all start well it all started in high school it started back in 05 so now I've been going 16 going on 17 years so mm-hmm. uh, I've been cooking for a little while uh, right out of high school I worked at Harris Methodist uh, went to Trimble Tech so it was like right across the street oh, okay. from there yeah yeah uh, and then from there I moved down to Austin went to Le Cordon Bleu mm-hmm. um, and then got into fine dining for a few years then jumped into sushi um, I did a little bit over at Piranha Killer Sushi in downtown Okay. Uh, kind of bounced around to a lot of places. Shinjuku, I worked at uh, in Dallas at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant doing sushi out there. And okay. Eventually landed the job doing uh, head chef over at Little Lily Sushi down on Camp Bowie. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I kind of made my start, kind of built a name for myself, you know, kind of doing that. And it was during that time, 2013, 2014, that I started, like, working on ramen and doing sukim and broths and tonkotsu broths. Um, I think recently I had a feed come up where the first, ever ramen broth that I did you know at my house oh, uh, really? you know I'm cooking it for 60 hours it was crazy what yeah 60 hours. that's how long they cook for in Japan in like Kyushu which is where tonkotsu comes from yeah uh, they cook them for like 48 60 hours so I was what? doing that at my house which was a pain in the butt because it's like I, I'm having to sit there with a pitcher and filling it up so oh my crazy. gosh I okay so this is like literally what I want to get into like because I've been <laughs> eating this stuff but I know there's like a there's a certain way like I, I know one of the things is that you actually know like some of the, like the traditional ways of things are made but like right that's one of the one of the things i 60 hour ramen yeah. so how do, you, how do you do that like i guess like when you sleep and stuff like that do you have like alarms uh, where you have to like, get so up now i've like, so obviously that's when it all started yeah. i was doing those 60 hour broths i found that um you know, I've kind of learned things here and there because uh, at the time I was just kind of picking it up. Mm-hmm. It was really weird because this is back 2013, 2014. There's no other ramen shops here in town. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to do this all at home. And most of the recipes that you were pulling up on Google at the time or pulling up in books, if there were any, were like, oh, you know, you simmer for X amount of time or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, this has got to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I finally like Googled a recipe in Japanese. Like I, I, I like typed oh, in what? Japanese yeah. characters. And I got a recipe from Taiwan of all places, translated the whole thing, and it was the first time that I ever saw it boil vigorously. Like you gotta boil it, and you gotta like beat the 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 calcium, the the everything that's in there. You gotta you gotta beat it out, and that's how you make that white broth. They like so. Oh. I started like really playing around with it. My cat hates me. She was walking around all wet and damp, and like it's like a sauna in my house, like oh my trying God. all these recipes <laughs> out. Uh, but I eventually got it down. Um, left Little Lily. I think it was like 2014, and I moved to Seattle because uh, I wanted to actually work in some ramen shops yeah. uh, and at the time there were like I said there wasn't any here mm-hmm. uh, when I left Tenoshi opened for the first time out in Deep Bellum uh, okay. uh, and then after Tenoshi Hanabi opened you know like a year or so later like okay. right when I was starting to come back from Seattle um, but in Seattle I cooked at Santoko which they have like 60, 70 chain, uh, restaurants around the world mm-hmm. and then I worked for Kukai Kizuki Ramen which at the time had um, 
I think they had like 28 uh, worldwide. So oh, wow. more than anything, it wasn't so much to like take recipes or anything. It was I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn how do you yeah. how do you keep these broths that take 12 plus hours alive? Like how do you go shift to shift to shift, keeping these going? Um, so that's what that's true. Know, like learn. knowing that it it takes the, like that long to make them. Yeah. Like okay, how do I like do they only last for that day? Like what happens if that doesn't sell or like or right. whatever? You know, you got to plan like, uh, ahead of time. But I guess more more really, you just wanted to be like in a place where where they've been doing that because you said yeah. they were just starting to pop up here you know? right so you you kind of had to travel to, to be in a place where it was readily available and you got to go around to a few places yeah and, and see the differences which i'm sure you saw that like when you were doing like the you know um the sushi or like moving around kind of same thing maybe yeah. learning like from other people and kind of styling yourself i guess a lot of it what attracted me with ramen so i did sushi for about eight years before i jumped into into doing ramen mm -hmm. uh, so with sushi there's a structure when you talk about sushi it's something that's you know traditional from japan it's got it's got a set way of doing things you can kind of move things around but for the most part you're limited with sushi rice it's got the vinegar on there you're limited as to what you can do now yeah. we were very explorational at little lily we were trying to do a lot of different things but at the same time i kind of kept hitting that where you can't go a lot beyond that now not to say that the biggest push in sushi is good rice fresh fresh fish and you know you got it down you don't mess with it too much and you're golden yeah you know uh where in ramen it's you know it's an imported dish from china it came over with chinese immigrants into japan then the japanese took it and it's like let's make it our own let's add soy sauce to it and then in the 40s it was by accident that they discovered tonkotsu's a chef that the story is a chef left it overnight forgot about it went yeah. to sleep and then he comes back and he's like hey what's this white milky creamy broth and yeah. why is it so delicious so it was like <laughs> a mistake and then when you got up to Sapporo then in the 50s 60s they started adding miso to it so all these things kind of like happened gradually it wasn't something that was just always there so uh, when I started doing it I guess really the only thing that makes ramen ramen is the noodles uh, the alkaline noodles they're like chewy noodles yeah from there on it's like a black t a blank template like you can do whatever you want with it and that's Chew what I wanted to do you know oh, okay so it allows for I guess more experimentation I guess right. that you can kind of like throw your own type of like you know style and flavors into it right. which because that's the way it became what it was you know what I mean? right. because it, it I guess what's I guess like you were saying with sushi like they had there's a way to do it structured that's that's the way you kind of don't waver off too much from that right but with ramen like based on what you're telling me like it just it, it evolved into what it is through time and it, I think it's probably still continuing to evolve right kind of what you uh, yeah to add to it. absolutely and, and that's again why I was attracted to it because as a chef you don't want to be limited by constructs you kind of want to be able to do your own thing and still be within the realm of what you're doing you know yeah. uh, uh, a chef wants to be able to make whatever sauce he wants for his steak whatever toppings he wants for his burger you know that that's what the challenge is like creating mm -hmm. something that's fun and I eat ramen you know every single day of the week pretty much yeah. I, I want to <laughs> say about four to four to six seven bowls a week I, I eat ramen yeah and I don't like eating the same thing every single day. It's mm -hmm. kind of like what I'm in the mood in, and that's where a lot of the specials that we do kind of come up. And I do probably 10 specials for everyone that actually makes it to the restaurant. Like, I, I make oh, so many okay. different experimentations and flavors, and I'm like, this doesn't work, or this works, or this needs a little more work. So I have, like, a little notebook where I have, like, projects that I'm working on for, yeah. like, you know, for ramens that I want to try and things like that. And then once I finally have one that, you know, it's like, okay, I want to do it, then I just kind of refer to that little notebook and, and, and piece together like something that work out that's gonna, the so it's, it's still yeah. figuring out every basically every idea that you have and put yeah. it down like in the notebook and then kind of decide it's like okay i want to work on this one now yeah like, absolutely that's that's really interesting like because I, I mean obviously like it's not something that i'm 
super around, but being able to see like the creative process behind yeah. um, Rama. Because one thing uh, when I was speaking about like the festival, I was like, you know what? I like that it was all art space. I go even like the food, like the ramen we had was like that's there's an art to that. Like I know an art to creating like what you're putting out and making it. Like there's this process to it, and it's a creative process. And um, I've never really been around like a. a I guess like someone who's a, who's like a chef and like their creative process. So it's really interesting to hear like yeah. how you go about that because it's cool that we like even like musicians and like you know artists really keep that little notebook with the ideas of like yeah. oh, okay let's work on this today. I mean as as I get older I've noticed that I lose track. When I was younger I had notebooks but I didn't really use them as much as I do now. And yeah. Now I use them more because I guess. As you get older, you actually get more creative. It's just that if you don't jot it down, you tend to be more forgetful. So it's like if you yeah. don't wake up in the middle of the night and write down that dream you were having or write down whatever, like you're eating somewhere and all of a sudden it's like I try something and I'm like, oh, it's like, what is this? What does it remind me of? And I text myself. I like have an open text with myself where I like text oh, myself. Really? I was like, oh, dude, it's like try this, this, or this flavor. And it's just like a list of ingredients or whatever yeah. that I'm like, it's just something clicked at that time. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to forget it. So I want to be able to. A lot of, yeah, a lot that. of creative processes require that. It's kind of like strike when the iron's hot and even if you can't like immediately get to the kitchen like to like start working right. on something it's like okay there's a reason why the inspiration hit and like like i said you could have been like a certain smell that you got or like you tasted something and realized like oh in your head something clicked together right. and it's like okay i need to i need to write this down before i you know convert because you got you got a whole day ahead of yourself especially yeah. like depending on where you are you know if you're not anywhere close to being back in like your home base to like start working on something or if you, you're busy you need to have like that reminder to be okay oh what you know instead of just thinking about like oh what was that thing that i earlier right. today? it's like oh no it's here kind of right. but no n definitely like jotting stuff down i know for me like i um being in a band and like doing um vocals and stuff like that like my phone's filled with just like voice memos or like video recordings of just like <laughs> little hums it's like oh i thought of this idea and it yeah. literally and i need them and it goes back because i always like scroll back through it and i click it and i'm like I don't remember this melody at all, but I'm going to yeah. work on it now. Like, you yeah. know, cause I, I found it that or like lyrics or stuff that I've written down or different ideas. You know? I've, I've heard that from musicians, whether they're, you know, mainstream or like, you know, local or anything like that, where they, they talk about having melodies, having lyrics or whatever written down and they sit on them for a year, two years, mm -hmm. let them mature. And then you go back to it. It's like, man, where, what mindset was I in when I did this? And it sounds great. Why haven't I touched it again? Like you, you just forget about it and then you re recycle to it and you're like, wait a second. It's like, I can use this. You there's know? something. So, yeah. You, you either, there's two things. One, you either, the idea hits and you work on it then and there and figure and try to encapsulate the moment, the reason why you thought of that. Right. If not, then like you write it down because sometimes you'll be, you'll come back to it and be like, I don't remember why I, like, I wrote this down. Right. Or, like, but then you'll have another moment where you go back and read it and be like, oh yeah, you'll run through it again. Right. And it's trying to, because all music is, is like trying to capture a specific like emotion or feeling, whether it's like with the instrumentation or whether it's with like the lyrics you're writing um, or you know melodies that you're singing, it's all about capturing emotion and you have to be able to get into that mindset. So you either strike now or find the right, right moment to strike later Absolutely. whenever you can. So definitely like keeping track of that is 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 incredible and like i know it's hard with music and then like with with recipes i'm sure it is like with, yeah. with the taste like your palate like developing absolutely that. yeah um, and and that's the thing like right now i think at this restaurant not even including the time where i've 
done ramen before and I, mm-hmm. you know, I had Oni ramen and I did, you know, multiple variations and kind of built on top of that when I opened this one. Yeah. Like, I think I'm on my 14th or 15th version on my tonkotsu broth. Like I'm really? constantly changing, adapting, and that's like major changes. I make adjustments here and there, but mm-hmm. then they don't stick, so I don't count those. Like, But I'm on my like, 15th iteration. Like it's got different percentage of bones. Because mm-hmm. uh, the main thing is pork bones. It's not like in a tonkotsu broth, which yeah. uh, means pork bone. Literally, tonkotsu means pork bone. So it's got the pork femurs. I use heads. I was using backbones at one point, took those out. Mm-hmm. Then I'm now I'm using like the pig's feet and um, and then now I've started adding. So I'll cook all day. Like usually I get in at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. to my production kitchen out down on Camp Bowie. Yeah. I start at 6 a.m., get those rolling. Um, wait for them to boil, skim them, and then for the rest of the day, I just kind of babysit them. I'm like dripping water to make sure it doesn't get too low. Mm. Um, And then I usually turn them on a really low heat around 10, 11 p.m. at night, and then let them ride, and then I'll come back at 6 a.m., crank them up. No water, and now I'm just reducing to like a certain thickness. So most of my broths cook for about 20 to 24 hours. Uh, So I'm trying to find like, bones are alive like you don't know if that pig was stressed out or if it had like the nice life you don't know it so <laughs> this this is what i like the challenge it's yeah a, it's a it's something that's always alive and organic you so i could follow the same recipe every time but every broth finishes maybe a centimeter higher centimeter lower because it's just a fat content i'm looking yeah. for a certain i'm looking for some some kind of bubble something that tells me it's like all right i'm ready kind of thing so oh, wow. um, i had veggies the very last day so they're a little more forward i didn't used to do that i used to either not put them in there or leave them like add them at the beginning and I kind of like burned off all the onion and garlic and ginger so now they're forward and then at the last 30 minutes I had in um, kelp and um, fish flakes mm-hmm. uh, right at the finish and it just works like I, something flavor wise right now I'm really happy with the broth but again you know a year from now you're going to come back in here and it's not going to taste exactly the yeah. same and that's you know that's what I want it to be I want it well, to I think, be I think I mean now like saying like the growth in it because I remember I think when you first opened because I'm fascinated right now because the tonkatsu is what I always order so I'm like I'm like that like oh yeah let me tell me about what I'm eating <laughs> um, but uh but no I think even like from when you opened like in this location no I, when you opened because you were in Arlington for a bit with Kantaro mm-hmm, yes. uh, and I tried it out there and then like coming back here then something was a little different here and I was like oh okay like something changed up and even now when I've had it like the most recent time I was like oh it's still like changing which makes sense makes sense in the stuff you're changing but also makes sense in what you're saying that it's it's gonna change regardless because like because of like the type of ingredients you're using it's right. never gonna be like a, a one kind of trick pony kind of thing you know what I mean like right. you, you're always constantly changing I, I like the fact that you you are at a point where you admit like yeah a year from now it's gonna taste different like because yeah. you keep learning about stuff and you right. keep wanting to try stuff and I, and it, and I and I always assimilate it when I have these conversations with people I'm like I think a lot of it too is like cause some people will be like oh well, I liked what you were doing whatever I mean musicians run into that all the time oh, right yeah. they want the music yeah. you first put out or they want the second whatever whatever you're at you're there like yeah committed to it and you're 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 working on it day to day so to you it's always an improvement you don't want to go back to the old you because you yeah. you want to build on that and it's part of your foundation but you don't necessarily want to go back to i'm like if you want the hits just go to like that's what mcdonald's known for they've been yeah. serving the same <laughs> burger forever so it's, it's like hit, yeah we want to just continue not playing the hits we want to continue exploring and, and and doing something different it's not saying that sometimes we go a route that we're like oh let's backtrack a little and go this way yeah um but it doesn't mean that you know we're just going to continue doing the same thing because i think in this industry in the food industry if you just do the same thing day after day month after month you might have those regulars that come every every week and then because you don't change they only come once every month and they still recommend you but then they start like falling off they only come back once every 
every three months or whatever. Why? Because yeah. you don't change. You don't do anything that excites them. They, they're down the street at another ramen shop because their palate's grown where you're staying stagnant. So I kind of want to yeah. always keep my my loyal customers engaged. And then the new ones that come in, like, you know, they come in okay, and they try the new thing. thing you know? Yeah, yeah. Too. But, I mean, that's, that's what it's like because you also have to take into account, like, most people just look at me like, no, I like what they used to do. But I'm like, you know, I have to like what I'm doing, like, in order to, like, have the restaurant or have, right. like, you know, the, the band or whatever. You know, I have to be enjoying what I'm doing. Right. And I, I'm going to get bored, like, doing the same thing over again, right. you know. It's, you might like it. It's like, but if I don't and it's not keeping me intrigued, like, I'm just, I, it might kill off, you know, the desire to, or the passion to even, like, cook, you know, right. if, if you have, if you're forced to make, like, just the same stuff all the time. So yeah. it's experimentation and, like, being able to just have fun with, with like, what you're creating. Yeah. And, like, hey, like, sometimes, like, with music, I was like, oh, sometimes I really want to make, like, a really weird song. Like, I'm not worried if someone's going to like it. It's just I need to do it. Like, it's just right. a figure out thing. And most of the times, even if that song's not a song that you particularly like, the act of like doing it and just going off a little bit experimenting going to off book a little bit right. uh helps inspire okay i can add this to the other music that i'm making right. and still progress like still still evolve so i i really like the fact that that's the way you look at like your your cooking yeah. and, and that's you know kind of your trajectory that it has like progressed and it yeah, has like absolutely. made new things and and i mean i've like uh, I've, I guess, known about you since I think when you were owning, which I, I'm glad that you're back here. I'm so happy that you were able to come back to the, yeah. to this location, because um, it's uh, I like when you guys put up like the the whole mural and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's that's his, like you know what I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> um, I even reached out to when Dylan, when we took back over, you know, because the whole thing was Oni, so we said yeah. we reached out to Dylan Kennedy and asked him, like, hey, man, I, I love the artwork. Obviously, we're not, you know, Oni-related yeah. anymore, so it's like, would you mind switching up some things? And it's like, you know, knowing the folklore, knowing mm. the story, I'm like, dude, we can fit this in this here, and then he's like, all game. He's like, yeah, man, I want to continue, you know, showing my heart. So I'm glad he, he came out and redid, like, the faces on a couple of these yeah, guys. So, yeah, yeah. Because so, I, I love his art, so. He's so, he's yeah. so talented. Yeah, like, and I didn't, I didn't know how... <laughs> big like stuff like he was into this was like a, a huge piece and I, I saw the one he did like in the stockyards on the building like yeah. the giant mural but he did the one over here too here on west 7th uh down the way he's got like the japanese fans out here he did oh, that really as well. oh really yeah. i'm pretty sure that. he didn't <laughs> there wasn't you my bad but but that's cool man um so like i guess business wise like when what was your first like restaurant that like you did the I first one where I, I owned it was Oni Ramen. So the one oh, okay. here on West 7th, yeah. uh, that was my first one. Um, it was kind of like, you know, it's a big location. I'm, mm -hmm. I've never been a big fan of like big footprints. I, I like being able to control things a little bit more. But, you know, it was, yeah, the lease was there. It was uh, my business partner had Ken Ken before. So he had the lease here. So oh, okay. we signed on. Uh, we did it here. And then we opened the one in Deep Ellum, which is more my footprint. It was 1,400 square feet. Uh, oh, so this smaller. one was here first? And then the one This one Ellum? was here first. Then Deep Ellum opened oh. up. And then. And uh, we just had creative differences uh, with one of my other business partners. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like I said, I'm always trying to evolve. They were happy with like you know playing the hits, which is which is completely yeah. fine. And it kind of gave me the capital to to launch this brand. Mm -hmm. uh, so I launched Kentaro, and then we opened our first one out in Arlington with the production kitchen in Fort Worth. Because one of the things I felt like with it, Oni, is uh, you know when I was working, and you know you train your guys and you teach them as like, hey man, this is what you want to do, uh, this is how you want to do it, these are the steps, you know, and then you go. We opened Deep Ellum and I'm over there, you know, almost every single day and I'm not, I'm kind of like relying on these guys to do 
things correctly, and all of a sudden I'm starting to hear like, "Hey, man, they're not they're not doing it the same way you know that you you were doing it." Yeah. So it's like uh, one of the reasons I launched Kintaro, and I, I learned I actually went to a few different ramen shops, and I worked for a few different chefs in that time that I took off mm -hmm. because I wanted to learn more. Like I, I'm always like looking to learn more, and a lot of it uh, working out in Bishop Arts at a restaurant called Salaryman, like kind of like really rekindled a lot of the passion that I had. Kind of like you were saying, because I was in that zone of they just want to keep playing the hits, I was like almost starting to like fade off. Like I was like, man, so I'm not even, bit. yeah, I'm not even excited about cooking this yeah. anymore. And, um, but I kind of rekindled that and then launched this. And the whole idea was we went down to Camp Bowie. So I cook everything there. That way I can be, you know, hands on what I enjoy doing. You know, every single day that I'm at work, I'm not at work. It's like, I'm, I'm there having fun. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking and I'm, you know, sometimes it's difficult, but it's still all within the realm of I'm having fun and doing what I'm doing. So then uh, we opened Arlington, then we opened this in February, like the week of that freeze. Like we opened the 18th, and I think it oh, froze really? like on the 21st. Oh, no. So it was like crazy. Oh, that, that then we closed remember, for like yeah. three days. <laughs> uh, but then we were able to, you know, bring the broths out. And I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, the kind of the pandemic closed down a lot of stuff. I'll be honest, it was it's like silver lining as it helped me build a brand the way I wanted to because I don't know if we open the doors and people already know me and then we're busy right off the bat if it you know you, you can fall flat on your face so being yeah. able to open with only takeout and then being able to open only 25% capacity actually allowed us to kind of ease into the Ooh, into so kind the, of build the back up yeah, into that exactly crowd. so we were able to ease like we opened April 1st in Arlington 2020 so mm -hmm. like 15 days after the shutdown so yeah. we eased into like only doing to goes which was good because it allowed me to kind of okay this doesn't look right this move this year move whatever and it allowed us to grow without the pressure of you have customers having in front people of you the whole in front time. of you waiting kind yeah. of thing. it's like oh okay let me let me handle things yeah. a little so bit. like i said silver lining i mean i did have to I, I had no intention of opening my camp Bowie location as a ghost kitchen but i ended up having to to generate enough revenue to kind of keep me going in that time and yeah we had a great support you know from people that were you know fans of oni and you knew me from there knew me from little lily because it's down in ridgely uh so they kind of came out and i mean every day i was so there were some days where I was selling more there than I was at my restaurant, which was like, it was me really? for a little while by myself. And then it was like one, one helper part time. And it was like, I was getting my butt kicked. But again, it's like, you did what you had to do to survive. You know that. So I've heard the term time. and I actually like, I'm, I'm going to use you to kind of like yeah. tell me, but go, what is a ghost kitchen? So it's a kitchen that doesn't usually very small footprint, whether it's in a commercial commissary kitchen, where they have the commercial equipment and all you do, you go in and cook me, myself, I had built out a kitchen to fit me. So okay. what I was doing, I had the storefront, but not no seating. So all you could do is like come in and pick it up. So it's like oh, the idea okay. of a ghost kitchen is like a restaurant that's kind of like just kind of floating around. Uh, some people do it out of food trucks. Like I said, some people have like a commissary kitchen where there's like five restaurants in there. And so they have like five different Uber Eats company oh. or five different companies and Uber Eats picks up at all five. So oh, okay. that's kind of what a ghost kitchen is. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, something I, that doesn't exist, but it, it you know, you can still grab you food. You can from still it. grab yeah, food. From it. Oh, okay. That was I was wondering, I was like, I've heard that term, but like I have no yeah. idea what it means. <laughs> I was like, Oh, is it like the spooky season kitchen? Like I don't Yeah, know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and it's actually cheaper even then because a food truck is relatively inexpensive, but there's still some some initial investment that you have to buy the truck, fix it up, you know, have it meet their local requirements. But usually 
YouTube with a ghost kitchen. You can literally go, like I said, into a commissary or a commercial kitchen mm. that's already built out, like, and then just basically pay your first month's rent, your deposit, and then you can start and then you buying can start product right and start cooking. Yeah, uh, so okay. it, it opened the door for a few people, and then obviously I think Tim Love and uh, Lanny's uh, Lancarte from Righteous Foods. He, he's oh, okay. doing like a Fantasma kitchen, is what he calls it. So oh, yeah. He's doing like <laughs> fajitas and stuff, but it's a good way to like it continue growing and building your your brand. You know that already existing for us you know we use it like i said as a way to increase revenue a little bit and then once the second location opened we were able to do enough business between the two um to to pay for all the expenses there which was the original setup so i closed the ghost kitchen and now i just have these two and it's it's fun i like i said i enjoy it i go in at 6 a.m but like I also having to be there from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. just serving and then from after that then doing deliveries and doing more stuff in the rest. Sometimes I work, like I said, till 10 or 11 p.m. and that's actively working wow. all day. So it's like, you know, it, it's not that I don't mind it. I enjoy what I'm doing, but having to put an, a restaurant that I'm running also operating on my own on top of that, it was just a lot. So, that's a lot, yeah. yeah I, was, I was glad to kind of let it go. Uh, <laughs> but we, you know, we launched a food truck for the first time at Europe. Yeah, so, so at Chill Sounds, you guys brought out the food truck. for the, that, was, that was the first event, right? Yeah, yeah that was the very first event and so far the only one because we're, <laughs> still, we're still like looking at, at, at structure and again, at, I'm sure I could do it, but it'd be like throwing something else. As I've gotten older, I've also learned that don't take on more than you can handle. Don't buy yeah. off more than you can chew. And I, there was the initial thing, you know, we have the truck, it's all built out, but you know, I told my business partner, you guys got to find someone to operate. It's like, I, I can, but I don't want to. It's like, I, I have enough going on. And the moment I start overloading myself, I, I might burn out again. And I just yeah. don't want to do that. You know, I want to invest in this brand and build it properly enough. And right now, like without doing that, like you, I feel like you've kind of worked out your schedule to where you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I have time to to you know run you know production kitchen and like still experiment with my stuff, still move yeah. up everything within two. Adding something else might maybe, yeah, like you said, yeah. be a little bit overwhelming to where it's like, oh, yeah. now I'm stressed out again. You know, exactly. like like that's the reason why, you know, you like doing the ghost kitchen thing, but you kind of like let it go because it was getting to be a little bit too much. Yeah, it was too much once you have like two fully operating restaurants. And we want to add another restaurant. And it's as long as it's all in the in the same scope. It's like, because if I had another restaurant, I'm cooking two to four more pots of, uh, of broth, mm -hmm. which, you know, I have the, the capacity to do that. So you're not really adding on. You're maybe adding on another five hours a week to adding another restaurant and then in that case i'm also adding another employee where i can hire someone else to do that yeah. work you know so um you know i have a couple of guys that work with me a part-time and a full-time so you know the full-time position became open once this opened so it's also good because i get to you know share the knowledge with other people that are passionate um and then we get to like you know continue experimenting together because usually they have like culinary background so we get to you know, work uh, okay. together. Yeah, so it's, that's it's cool. a lot of fun. You bring know, on board people who are way. actually like wanting to like learn, right. like, or at least enjoy. You know, is I got to pay attention to like like right. what? Because I mean, you've you've definitely been in the industry long enough to like gather up some knowledge, with it. and like I said, through your own experimentation, have learned yeah. like some things there. So that's that's really cool. I know I know the food truck people love that. We were <laughs> we were still like, man, it's it's still gonna be hot. It's you know in August <laughs> yeah, like I ramen and like I like when I looked, everybody was out there like eating ramen. Like, well, I, I mean, obviously, current times we have ACs. We have ways of cooling down. Yeah. But if you notice where all these like hot soups come from, if you look at pho, you look at menudo, you look at pozole, you look at that, look at where they're at in the world. They're all in like tropical, and tropical hot yeah, climates. Right, and the yeah. reason is because it's you eat something hot and then you sweat and your body 
temperature goes up and your sweat so it's cooling down on the outside so then you balance so it actually cools you down same with spicy food yeah. it, it makes you sweat it heats up your body so it's like all these things it's like scientifically actually cool you down like you're like oh i can't eat something hot and hot weather <laughs> like i said nowadays we have ac yeah but, you know you get that. 50, i mean that's 60 why years I ago it, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> like you, that you have to sweat to to get that yeah you're right yeah yeah, cool yeah. And I yeah like, absolutely. i was like man i was like man most of us out here like we're hispanic we're used to eating caldo and like hot in the middle of the summer so i'm mom, like i'm good <laughs> 100 degrees outside what are we eating caldo de pollo, caldo de pollo oh, dude. Man, like, with the tortillas like <laughs> Yeah, oh my so, God. No, yeah and, and it's something again we don't need it but it's still good man it's and now like you can come in here and it's like 70 degrees it's set in the restaurant so yeah. it's cold like you want to wear a sweater and you eat some ramen you take the sweater off and then you walk outside it's like why was i just wearing a sweater yeah. like, I was, <laughs> like, like when you go to the movie theater where it's already cold so, oh, so right. it's kind of like the same way here we just keep it cold and colder in here and uh, that way you can eat ramen comfortably so yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's a smart way and people i mean like i said people freaking love ramen i don't even know when it started like blowing up or like the trend like like uh i mean even you said like we didn't have any like ramen restaurants no. around here and then and same like i think literally the first time i was i'm always late to the game when it comes to food but like <laughs> i think when i heard like uh it's like oh yeah like we're gonna eat some ramen and i'm like ramen like the packet, the packet like, yeah, i was like absolutely. that's that's what all i think i related them like they make a restaurant like that now like yeah. i mean i'll go and then i like i think it wasn't here like the first time i tried ramen it was actually here at, um when you were running oni here yeah. and uh i was you know i was like what is this He's like, oh yeah do you want it and it's like you want an egg in it and it's like oh pork pork belly i was like yeah. what like oh my god this is delicious like, what? yeah no people would ask me all the time it's like you make ramen like it's like like not tell it's like what do you do it's like i just sit back there with a bunch of pots of hot water and fill up a bunch of cups and like, what do you think i'm doing just <laughs> That would have been easy though. That would have been fun. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, no, it's 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 completely it's a game changer. Even in Japan, I've been to Japan now. So the first time I went, I went to like a study study ramen. So I was out there for oh, about really? a month. Yeah, down in uh, Kagawa. So it's like a small city, not a big city, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I was definitely looked that weird. I have tattoos. I'm really really tall and I'm really really brown. So it was oh, like, that's a thing, right? Yeah, like the tattoos and stuff. Like yeah, that, I couldn't right. go to certain places because I one I was a foreigner or because I had tattoos one or the wow. other, and they're like pretty. They show pretty. Yeah. Pretty well. So uh, there's a couple of places I couldn't go. But at the same time, it was nice being in a small city because you got to experience like a local culture. There's like mm. um, a lot of different people that were growing things, things like that. Uh, but overall, the ramen was still really good. So mm. I went out there, learned how to, you know, took some classes, even though I'd already worked in it. I, I went to like further set the foundation yeah. of what I was planning and what I was wanting to do. And then, you know, I came back to the States and worked on Oni Ramen and that was a lot of fun but then obviously in Japan I don't know how much people know this but in Japan it's actually dashis which are fish based broths and clear broths are actually the most popular where in the United States it's tonkotsu the creamy white broths because guess what we like to eat we like to eat fat greasy food Mm -hmm. so it's like we we gravitate towards something that in Japan you don't see you know there's 80,000 plus shops of ramen in Japan and out of those you know not even half of them are just tonkotsu which in the United States if you're not serving tonkotsu you're doing something wrong so um so it is definitely learning like there was all these recipes that I had and I'm like well I can't use half of those because they're not they're not going to work in our market yeah so uh we were talking earlier we were saying you know we have to find the 
that not want to continue playing at his, but at the same time, you also have to play to the to your to your crowd to the, to yeah. the populace. So you still have to make something that you know, and it's not taking anything away from the tone quotes. I'm still having fun doing it, but it's also something that we have to do to 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 set an American style ramen like what it's about yeah. to. We have to serve, you know, like tone kotsu always has to be on the menu. Um, so it's a lot more. You said fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in Japan, you have a lot fish heavy, uh, but then also a lot of fish broths and clear broths. Whether it's clear chicken, clear pork, uh, okay. but you or they're called like chintons, so like like clear broth. So those are the most popular in Japan. Um, and then they also distinguish between shoyu and shio. A lot of places do that here. I just mix the two. I like. I like salt, but I also like the sweetness of soy sauce. So I just do, I season my broths with both. Uh, oh, okay. Seasonings. So I don't, in Japan, if you look at like what the four main ramens are, it's shio, which means salt, shoyu, which means soy sauce, tonkotsu, which means neither seasoning, it just means pork bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how it got its own category. And then miso, <laughs> the, the, the soybean paste. So those are like the four main. I basically do a tonkotsu season with salt and soy. Okay. Um, and then I do the miso on the tonkotsu. So they're all like tonkotsu based with like uh, oh, seasoning. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Texan too. I like biscuits and gravy, so I like rich, <laughs> creamy broth. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so. but the, I mean, that's that's cool that you went like all the way over just to like kind of like learn yeah. about it. You said you've been twice. Yeah, the second time I went, I went to Tokyo, uh, and I actually built the whole thing around a ramen festival. So it was like October of 2019. Oh, there's a ramen festival. Hold on. Yeah, DJ, <laughs> we need to talk. Okay, Screw this music festival. We need to do a ramen festival. Yeah. So what they what they did is they brought. Uh, it was a seven day event or six day event. And the first three days they had 10 shops from different parts of Japan came to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And then the last three days, 10 different shops came from different parts of Tokyo or uh, not different Tokyo uh, from Japan. Mm-hmm. So different parts of Japan came here. And I, I still have the intent of going to, you know, Sapporo, uh, which is on the Northern Island of Hokkaido. And it's just a different Nagoya. There's so many cities I want to hit, uh, but it was a way of tasting ramen from different regional regions of japan all in one place so like i built my whole trip around going to this event on like the very last day of the first three days and the very first day of the second three days that way like back to back i think in two days i had about 30 bowls of ramen like where i was eating and double eating and then still going to shops around tokyo and eating um (laughs) yeah i ate a lot and but i walked a lot too in japan it's like you walk everywhere subways and walking everywhere so uh, but yeah, I did that the second time. I ate a lot of ramen. And, and again, when I've traveled, I always bring back ideas and things mm-hmm. that I could improve. Um, and all within the realm of what's going to be accepted in, in Texas. You know, mm-hmm. we are in Texas. And I, I think that is one thing that I always do have a little bit of a, of a debate with people is they're like, oh, it's not authentic. I'm like, set up an authentic you know, shop of any kind of food or any kind of sound and have it be successful here. You still have to play to your crowd, like I was saying. Yeah. You still have to play to the crowd to a degree. You know, Texans, we love thick. We already talked about, we also like sweet. You got to think like what we eat, we eat ketchup and we eat barbecue with a lot of things here. Mm-hmm. So we tend to have like a sweet tooth to things. So uh, we also have to like fold that into like what we're doing to make it palatable to people without them knowing I, I do. Holy it, so. crap. That, that's <laughs> like, I'm literally like just staring at you. I'm like, oh my God, he calculates yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he knows like how to, to do it but i mean you i mean you're right like people i mean people will complain and like that's uh, it's just like why like why are you like hating on something like because because i mean as to run a business like you 
got to sell. Like, yeah, you got to so sell. So you're exactly. going to have to make compromises where you can't. Now you're not going to compromise the entire, like, you know, right. dream and, like, effort that you're trying to do, like, with, with still being able to try new things. But at the same time, you still have to have part of the business mind. Okay, like, if this goes under, I can't do it anymore, you know? Right, so it's, yeah. it's like, I got to, like, you, you're, I think you just adapt to where you're at. So, I mean, if you opened it, Somewhere, I'm sure if you open it, you know, back when you went to, uh, you said you said you went to Portland when you were? Uh, Seattle. Seattle, 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 Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. When you went to Seattle, I'm sure it would be different up there. with whatever Yeah, you, it, you know, it, there's definitely a little bit of an adjustment. I remember actually when I worked at the shops out there, it was a little saltier. Uh, again, usually even in Japan, it's like a little more salty, a little more greasy. Uh, grease, a little lower in Seattle, but a little bit more salt. Like, it, And it just changed it's mm. because it's just kind of the population and what your main customer base is and things yeah. like that. And it's, again, it's not taking any of the way, you know, we, we We've had great support from all of our customers, so it's not yeah. like ragging on that. You know, we, yeah, we hate yeah. there being complaints. It's just more of a, you know, it's we have to adapt it. Like you were saying, it's a business. You know, we still have to make money, but at the same time, we want to have fun doing it. So it's like it's you're walking a fine line everywhere you're yeah. going. You want to have fun. You want to make some. You want to make things that are interesting and weird and that keep me engaged, but it can't be so weird that it's like off the chain. So that's why I like doing the specials. I make some mm -hmm. specials that are for the foodies and for the for the chefs that come in here and for the people that have already tried our tonkotsu multiple times and now all of a sudden you have this different dish that's a play on the tonkotsu or whatever, but we still have the tonkotsu, but we have other dishes that kind of mm -hmm. feed into it so people can can. I think that's the right way to like kind of like balance your creativity and it's like, okay, yeah. we'll still like make the stuff you love and like yeah. it but it's like we're gonna throw in like some cool stuff that we're working on because yeah. that way i mean it keeps it fun for you and then like i said seeing you know you have fun with it are gonna make your customers just like want to try it even right. more even, that might not be what they like but they're gonna be more adventurous and i feel like uh, a lot of people fall into like their their you know their their unique patterns and they're like yeah. oh no i like this and and i'll tell you like i'm one of them except like every now and then when i'll go I'll just be like, you know what, what is this? And then I'll try that. And then maybe yeah. I don't like it, but you know, I, I, it's the only way to find out. Like, right. it's the only way I'm, to create I'm the same way, man. I'm a good creature of habit. I like, I have like my broth that I like eating and I like this and that. But again, like uh, trying to experiment and try different things. I like branch out and try, try other stuff. You know, uh, what is it called? Variety is the flavor of life. So we want to, yeah. we want to add variety, but we also know what we like. So we kind of want to continue like doing those things, mm -hmm. but then just kind of sprinkle it here and there and just kind of, you know, add a little mix. Uh, so like for me it's fun as a chef because like right now i'm working on a, a you know we're in november so i'm working on like a turkey broth uh but i'm going to season okay. it with mole which is traditionally mole is made with uh turkey uh so i'm going to take yeah. turkey broth and then i'm going to season it with mole so it's like in bringing in my his, my mexican heritage and then mm -hmm. mixing it in with like french broth making and then with japanese you know ramen broth making as well so it's like i'm pulling from like different different points to do it but yeah turkey is That's the crazy. traditional way of making mole <laughs> you're yeah. <be> learning <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no people you know everyone does it with chicken yeah, nowadays yeah. uh same with like but it all changes same with birria birria is traditionally done with like goat and goat, now it's yeah. most popular is going to be beef you know that's what mm -hmm. you see the most when it's totally good they both taste good so yeah it's, i mean because it's, you, you just find what tastes good but the, i i like the uh when you're talking about the ramen trip that that just seems so efficient, you know what I mean? Because you got to try, like, basically, like, ramen from <laughs> yeah. all over Japan just, like, going to this one spot. Yeah. Which no, man, I had actually a tonkotsu from Kyushu. It was good, but that 60-hour, what they did at that shop, they do, like, a mother sauce. So they, like, 
cook bones and they'll skim out the old bones and then in that same broth throw more bones and so you never actually let your broth run out you're constantly feeding it bones taking Whoa. them out adding new bones but it was good but it tasted like a little off like it tasted almost like rancid pork but that was like the flavor they're going for they're they're going for that thing and i, I say rancid only because i'm limited in like the vocabulary yeah. that i want to use but it's like it tasted so weird, but it's what they were doing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's people that love it, but and that's where the regionality kicked in. I'm like, man, imagine if those guys opened up out here in, in Texas or, or anywhere in the United States, they'd probably get, you know, they probably wouldn't be too successful. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a one that was really good. It was miso with sea urchin, the uni. Mm -hmm. They whipped that into it and had this real like seafood pudding miso taste and it was amazing uh and i actually want to do that later like maybe next uh like towards march or something like yeah. that like that's something that i'm i'm working on i get like sea urchin pieces from like different places and i like whip them into my miso and like i'm trying to find that flavor that i remember mm. i just haven't been successful but that's something you'll see in the future you'll see like miso right yeah, this is no. a check back in march <laughs> yeah some sometime if you don't see it in march because yeah. i didn't figure it out because <laughs> it's what what I see urchin. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a balance, and whatever they did, they did it really well. But you know, that's where we're not necessarily copying because I don't know what the recipe is, but we were trying to like find something to do like an ode to what they were doing. Yeah, you know, just, I was blown away by it. So you know, I want to find that kind of stuff. And I still I try ramen places around town. I I never my debate is never who's better, who's best. I prefer here, prefer there. It's all subjective. I just. I'm glad that there are, you know, five years ago there was one or two ramen shops in yeah. DFW. Now there's, I think, over 20, 30. Now it's, uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, lot. a few now, yeah. yeah. So I, I love it. I, I, I love that when you go to Google search or whatever, you can look up ramen shop and it actually lists ramen shops, not a generic Asian noodle pho yeah. mixed in with, you know, with there's actually the like ramen. actually specific yeah. like ramen shops and like, absolutely. And it's not just all like grouped in together, but yeah, there's, it's definitely risen in popularity and i like i said i didn't know how popular it had gotten and it, it is like super super popular and i'm just i'm just glad it's like a way to kind of like step outside like a little bit of the normal kind of like try different things and i do like every like i said now and then like try something like that i came in full intention today <laughs> to get a tongue katsu but i'm not i'm not gonna do it now i'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment i'm gonna try, try something, something weird. different try something different yeah. today um let's see uh because the only the other thing that we had uh, what's coming into now is udon noodles. Uh, that's something that I really enjoy. It's kind of hard. Like you see it at some menus, like in some sushi bars, they'll have udon, but they're not by handmade udon noodles. Uh, there's actually a place that opened, and they're they're really good. Call I think it's Mara, Maragume udon. They're out in like Plano area, but they that's another thing that I really enjoy it, and I'll go out there and. Um, that's one thing that I do kind of, I know that one of the things that we do here at Kentaro, one of the complaints that I hear is that our menu is really small, but I'm also very used to, like, when you go to Mexico and you go to a taco stand or you go to a restaurant, they have the thing they specialize in and they don't really do anything else. They serve, you know, five, six items. Same thing in Japan. When you go to a ramen shop, you, they have like three or four options and mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, so they, they know what they do well and they just do that. Like yeah. they, you don't play around with doing too much. And you know, we, we play around, we have a, a slightly larger menu than a ramen shop, but way smaller. It's like, and I, uh, the only thing I don't like, I don't ever want to become like a cheesecake factory or, or yeah. where they have these, you, they you have, want pasta, you want burgers, they you got want it whatever all they have like, it all. And there's nothing uh, where you is, look at them like there's no way you can do all of these good like yeah. or well you know what i mean like uh, and they're fine they're they're they taste fine it's just that nothing like stands out and that's, that's kind of you just said it you know what i mean push, like it's, it's you know? fine you know what I mean? like yeah. it's but nothing that kind of blows you away and be like yeah. oh like i'm gonna come here for this yeah. it's just like they kind of 
strike the line where it's like, yeah, it's good, like uh, on par, like with stuff. Right. But it's not a place where you go specifically for one of their like entrees or something. Right. Like At least right. not. You know, I don't. You know. Right. But. And, then, and there's some, you know, some people might find it, you know, every, and again, it's all subjective. Some people think that right. that's what they mm-hmm. want and they want the consistency. But for me, you know, that, that's why I like, you know, when it's like a local, local flavor, or whether it's a band or whether it's art or whatever, because they're playing into what you know and what you do, you know? So like when I see some of the art in the murals, they're, they're for Fort Worthians. Like it's yeah. for us, like they're doing it for us. Like other people might come in and they see it and they're like, oh, that, that looks cool. But mm. to us, it's a God. If you're, if you're taking the local and you're showing them something and they're like man that's badass so like that's that's the reaction I want I want to impress yeah. them because they're your they're the guys that are going to support you day in and day they're out they're the ones I'm that sure. are coming in yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure the it's the same way with music you know yeah, yeah. like that's that's one of the things why the concept behind chill sounds and breakdowns that you know TJ has been working on and that we've talked is that we're like this is technically it's it's a local fest like everybody was from here you know yeah. um and you got to look at like our local is huge, like because if you count like how close we are to each other, I go Fort Worth, Denton, Dallas, like anything that's around us, like it's all so close together yeah. that we have so much talent to pull from, like it is insane. Yeah, that's why like when we decided to keep this going, because we we're like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to everybody who did chill sounds, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just keep it going and try to highlight some of these people around here because there's. It's limitless. Like there's so many yeah. in different endeavors, and and for me, like it takes me out of, takes me out of my lane. You know, some people like I, I did know. You know, some people I didn't. You know, um, knew, uh, I didn't know them or I didn't know what they did, and I get to learn about all these things and kind of just mm. give me an added perspective to like what people are doing and an appreciation for it because there's right. there's so much around that you maybe like if you just come in here and eat, you kind of don't know it, but I like being able to dig a little deeper in it and then be able to share it. You know what I mean? I don't want right. to just be like, oh, me and you have this yeah, conversation I and I know all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> being able to like to, to have, you know, let you like kind of tell, you know, story behind like what you're doing and like how you get things done and share that with people and be like, oh, that's, it, it just gives you more appreciation for what it is. It's art, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, like it's a lot nicer when you have these people around here that walk the same streets you do, that drive down the same kind of things. Right. It's really, it gives just that feeling of, community which is what we're trying to bring like we're trying to show that most mostly people you know you hang out you walk past each other every day and then you're into some of the same stuff or some of you are into like opposite things and like if you cross over like you kind of find out that you like something that you you didn't know that you wouldn't give a shot that's why having the mix of like art benders out there like a different type of like not your normal like food out there you know what i mean like with ramen and then um kind of like the mixed genres and like everybody like, i mean we had I anywhere mean, from hip-hop metal bands to indie groups and then we want to keep growing that diversity because right. that's that's all we're in you know it's it's yeah. all that but you have so much talent like nearby and around you and it, i just want that's that's all it says is just we're trying to highlight it a lot of it i mean honestly you could once you grow that because i i, I I, I told DJ that I want to participate in it, you know, if mm-hmm. he does it in the future. I want to be a part of it because I feel that it can grow even larger. And, and it's yeah. cool because people coming from outside, if we can continue this year after year after year. Mm-hmm. It's like people from outside come in and they see the local flavor. So it maybe even brings them to move to the city and add to it, you know, build on top of that, yeah. you know. Um, but then you can, on it, with what you were saying, how big this area is, how thing is, like maybe I'm throwing DJ a thing, but make it more than one day. Like, you can get it to that point where you yeah. can make an event out of it, and but always, like, stick to the roots of it. It's, it's all local. It's, it's promoting yeah. us locally. That's, know, so. that's exactly what we're, what 
the appeal of it is because immediately it's like yes this could grow sure we could get people right. you know coming in from out of town and doing all these things I go but one of the biggest things that I loved and that I like people seeing I don't want to exclude it but I just want to highlight how like locally how much talent we have around yeah. here how much you know just you know how much flavor this town like town right. has and the, the surrounding areas with in in food and music and art like it, it's it's here it's not that far you know right. like i got fascinated when I, I think during um i think arts goggle one year like i met someone who was like an author they were selling their book at arts goggle and i'm like you're an author like, yeah. like from here and he's like yeah i was like you wrote a book and she wrote three it was like three like yeah. a series and i'm like that's wild to me i was like because for some reason i don't ever think like there could be a writer like living in the same town but that's right that's what it is like you have people that are you know cooking great like fantastic dishes here you have people that are making insane music that you know um are gonna like be the be the next big thing or get you know do something big i was like and they're right here you know right. or even if like whatever they do there's talent and i feel like it just needs to be highlighted it's like so yeah. if we can give an extra platform to those people to give them a boost to get other people to watch them then that's that's the whole goal that's all we yeah. want to do yeah, we just got to get these venues back, back going. I know yes. it's, I know it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to say that because you know we still got to respect, you know, everything that's kind of going on yeah. and kind of go with that. But at the same time, you know, we, we, we always want to like push forward and, and continue, you know, proactively, you know pushing the boundaries of what we're doing locally that way we can kind of grow you know same same with our that's how i feel about the food like when i started cooking here a lot of times i actually cooked in dallas because i felt there was like more appreciation for what they were accepting and what the customers were doing and it's not saying anything against fort worth but for the longest time fort worth was a very steak and potatoes kind of city it mm -hmm. had that feel unless you know i grew up in the south side i have friends that grew up in the north side there's like local eateries there that do like really legit really good mexican food yeah but they don't ever make it break uh, I, I saw a couple that because of the pandemic they closed or even before they would close because there was no business and I'm like mm -hmm. man they were actually making food as good as my mom's was and yeah and they're and they're closing why because you know everyone's going to the McDonald's and to the to, to the, the payways to and, yeah to the mainstream I mean, places like the and ones. yeah it's the easier route is a more consistent route I get it sometimes you know being local restaurants we have we don't have the most we don't have 24 7 drive-throughs or whatever yeah. we're not the most convenient but at the same time we want to support them because that it's that money that makes it back into the community mm -hmm. a lot That's of what times, actually gets you know? back into the town yeah, yeah it's actually so. what builds like this town around here is, yeah. is and the more the more you notice how much like bigger places are opening like i said more and more mcdonald's around and all this stuff and sure like we, we all like definitely nothing against mcdonald's or anything like we all find ourselves there or any one of these like fast food places but right. we also enjoy the moments when you're like walk into like a place like this or somewhere local and eat something delicious and you're like that's a special moment you know yeah, I mean? like yeah. you have a moment where you're like this is delicious like I've, yeah there's no way like you know you can't get that anywhere but this specific place here yeah and a lot of the, i've been cooking for a long time so a lot of times i've cooked in fine dining so I, i've gotten to the opportunity to eat at a lot of restaurants but not actually in my free time uh mm -hmm. and it's something that in the past year and a half since the pandemic and again there's the silver lining to that i found myself going to a lot more local stuff uh whether it's businesses whether it's like little shops whether it's um restaurants whatever it's like i find myself wanting to avoid hitting the 
the big places because they don't need your money. They can survive this. Yeah. And it's the small places that you going in and getting a $10 burger instead of complaining, like, oh, a $10 burger, I can get it cheaper. I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but that $10 actually means the world to this guy. You know, mm-hmm. and down at Fuego Burger, down where I'm at, like, they make great burgers and they're not packed. Like, the, there's like a more conveniently located Jack in a Box at McDonald's and this dude is like kicking butt with his burgers and it's a locally owned place. And I'm yeah. like, that's who we want to support. We want to go, you know, like you were saying, the venues, the guys that are releasing music, that's who we want to support mm-hmm. because we're going to see that money come back in and we're going to see the creativeness and we're going to continue seeing the growth. So, um, like I said, silver lining of this pandemic, I've also been able to like support a lot more local and eat locally a lot more. And I, you know, I, I love it because now, like you said, I found things that I'm like, wow, this is phenomenal. It's yeah. like, I can't get this anywhere except here. Except so, for that place. So it, I'm it, glad I gave them that little bit that they needed to, to continue continue going. It makes it special and it makes it makes that important because it is important to shop, you know, local because you can find these things all over. And like you said, a lot of these bigger places don't need our money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they uh they they're gonna be fine you know with with whatever they do after that but if you're buying something local you know that that's money is specifically going for that business to pay whatever employee they had there that right. day to to pay for whatever they're creating to keep their creative endeavor alive you know it, yeah. it's something that you come to appreciate once you've i feel like once more people find their own it's easier for you to be like oh, okay i i'm I want to buy local because like once you discover like the, the thing that makes you, you know, happy and you find support in it, then it's like, okay, like, I, I want to support as much as I can. Yeah. Sure. It's a little bit more expensive. You might not be able to do it all the time, but it means yeah. every now and then I'd be like, oh, okay, let me, let me go support something yeah. and, and help, help a business that's in the community. That's gonna, you know, help out the community. That's yeah. going to contribute something to it, you know? Uh, One of the things I've really liked lately is the pop-ups that people do, whether it's uh, obviously food and food a lot. Like mm-hmm. they've, it's like I, I go to, you know, I live close to Magnolia. I live just off of Barry and McCart. So I like live, oh, okay. still live in the same area where I grew up in, yeah. you know, and I, and that, that goes to another length, you know, getting to my more personal side. It was like, I, you know, we always talk about improving our community. It's like, but a lot of times when we get a chance to move, we want to move to these real fancy out of the way, mm-hmm. like new communities. I'm like, no, I moved into a 1940s home in the same neighborhood where I was at. And I yeah. like, I, I helped it. Like, we always complain about gentrification, like the Hemphill No Sebende. Like, we yeah. always support it but from the outside like, like actually yeah. go in and, and buy back so it's like you know kind of kind of stretching that but you know, I go down to Magnolia quite quite a bit and I, I, I go to the to places like the the Boiled Owl and uh, other venues down on Main Street mm-hmm. you know that are all kind of like local little digs you were not going to find them in any of other yeah. city they have like the flavor that is Fort Worth and I like going there and I like seeing you know a couple of my friends have done food pop-ups there and like I'm mm-hmm. getting to drink and support a local bar at the same time like eating this new food and I'm like I I just hope you have a restaurant soon because this is, you know, yeah. this is great, you know, and other venues, you know, uh, I know Kevin Martinez down from Tokyo Cafe. He's done a lot of like with his little Yatai food truck. Uh, oh, he's done a lot of like little pop ups and ramen here and there. And oh man, his, his ramen is pretty good. So if you ever get a chance, like, he, he does good stuff too. <laughs> really good ramen. So it's that, it's that we want to know and support, you know, our little local, local chefs and local musicians and local artists. And yeah, man, that's, that, that's the idea. That's the idea behind this. I love doing this because it, it allows me to go through a medium that apparently like people were like, yeah, you, you're pretty good at talking to people. I was like, okay, let me use this and actually help it contribute to something. So I feel with this, like I give back as, as you know, it's not much, but I can help 
highlight these people around me that that we have so much local talent so much local flavor that it needs to be recognized in whatever shape or form so i i like to contribute and i'm glad that i got to talk to you today man i'm actually really happy that you made time for me um, and I'm sure anybody who listens and watches is going to be glad to. Um, but definitely come check out Kentaro. He's got two locations <laughs> still. Yeah. Um, uh, one in Arlington and the one we're in is right here off the 7th Street. But definitely come taste this man's ramen. He's been working for years on it. He works very hard on it. Um, and man, yeah, this was this was awesome. I got to learn a whole bunch. Like, <laughs> about myself. you have to come down to the prep kitchen and watch his work. And it's like, it's all, I'm always an open book. It's like. Uh, I think one of the things I've always heard from a lot of chefs is like if you're if you got trade secrets and things you're hiding, it's probably because you're scared that someone can do it as good or better than you. I'm I'm like I'll tell people all the time because in a year I'm going to be doing something completely different. So yeah. you're, if you're just stuck with my old stuff, it's like you'll <laughs> be stuck in the past. <laughs> so no, nah, man, anytime, <laughs> anytime it's like people. I've had actually a few people will stop by the place and I'm like I give them I'm like oh you want to check it out? They're like oh yeah, what's going on? Like they have these big pots. It's like sometimes my cook is in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hitting like the grout. She's like comes out. No, but they're big. I mean I could. But I could fit myself in one of those pots oh where we're, like, cooking broths in there. It's wild. It looks, it looks great. Like I said, I'm excited. Every day I'm going to work. Even though the broths is the same thing every day, it's like, I, I love it. Like, yeah. I, I like watching them boiling and, mm. and breaking up. And very metal, you see the, the meat and fat slide off the face as yeah. it's <laughs> cooking. Uh, yeah, yeah my, no. I have my, my phone is full of these, like, real morbid dead pork pictures when I'm like I don't share those on social media <laughs> I'm like media. Uh, I did it one time and I had like 10 unfollows like in the next <laughs> hour so I'm like okay it's I like, won't okay, do this do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no hell yeah I'll, I'll, I'll definitely come down there yeah. I'll get Daniel to come with me we'll yeah. check it out um, and we'll show some people like what what it's like in the test kitchen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it'll be absolutely. it'll be fun to get someone follows. I'm just <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> don't yeah. get followers, get unfollowed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Thank you for making the time. It was a pleasure. Thank you guys for listening, watching, and we're out.